and welcome to the week 15 review for first and 10 for the NFL season. Um, I once again joined on a, a Tuesday this time, so we're able to review Monday Night Football for once. Um, but once again, joined by Ash. How are you, Ash? I'm all right. Not too bad. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. And once again, joined by Miles. Hello. Hi, Miles. You all right? Uh, no, and for footballing reasons, I do not want to talk about it. That is absolutely <laughs> fine. We'll uh, we'll get onto that. I'm sure we'll spend plenty of time on. No, we won't. We're not going to do that. Too. Okay, we're not. Well, if you, if you don't, that. I will. Uh, we'll get there in the end. So we'll start off with Thursday night football. Um, 49ers and the Seahawks. Miles, I, I guess we should have expected this kind of. I mean, this is the thing with you know a guy like Brock Purdy. He's just come in. He's had a good start. But you don't know if it's sort of a Mike White situation, maybe where he's going to have that one good game and then really drop off. But you know, you can see for the Niners at least uh, that he was able to relatively keep that form going and get a decent win over Seahawks, who are absolutely the biggest division rival for the Niners at the moment, really, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, with with uh, Brock Purdy, it's tough because he looks good. He does look good, but you've you've also got to remember that. Shanahan managed to get uh, Mullins to look good as well, and now he's a third-string backup. So you kind of got to... I'm a bit iffy about I do really like Purdy. I think he is solid, but I also think that maybe we're getting a bit too excited because of he's in the most QB-friendly team, really, isn't he? And he's got guys like Kittle and uh, uh, McCaffrey to throw to, and it just you know, it makes life a bit easier. But he did look solid, and... I mean, Seattle were pretty good themselves. You know, they kept it a one-score game against the Niners team, who are really on form at the moment. So, yeah, I think both both QBs were pretty solid. Um, but Purdy, I'm still trying not to get carried away with him. I do like him. Yeah, I mean, this 49ers team is just pretty... It, it, yeah. it really is... It, it, it's absolutely in contention for the best team in every position, bar the quarterback. Which yeah. obviously in this league is such an important position, but you know when you look at the rest of that team, you just think how are they not absolute favourites in the NFC? And and it's just um it's a shame, you know every time they send a quarterback out there, you you do fear for their life. And uh, <laughs> just, which is yeah. weird because they've got a great O line. So yeah, yeah. It's and when they, I guess it's one of those things that they're not getting hit enough that when they do, they're not ready for it. Um, Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe if they had the Bengals O line or the or the you know the Chicago O line, maybe they'd be or the Patriots O line. You know, maybe they'd be okay then. But who knows? Yeah, toughen them up a bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, decent win for the Niners. They're looking pretty dominant in the UFC West. I, I, I'd say they're probably. I'm looking at them as my favourite team to possibly upset the Eagles. Um, I, th- I think they've got a really good team there. And I think, you know, whether it's Garoppolo coming back, um, I don't think Trey Lance really has a chance. But, you know, Trey Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, uh, whoever's starting at quarterback for that game, I, I feel like they've got at least a chance, you know. And it's one of those things, if they go behind too far, then they're not really going to catch up. But... Just need to stay in the game, stick to the run, and they should be all right. On to the greatest comeback, it's literally by points, it's official in mm. NFL history. The Vikings overturned a 33 nil deficit against the Colts to come back and win 39 6, secure the NFC North. Um, I mean, this is obviously another team that you know could well be one of those teams that you think maybe they've got a chance against the Eagles, um, despite that game earlier in the season. Ash, what did you make of it? Yeah, it's a game of two halves for definite. Obviously, everyone saw that first half of 33 nothing and thought that's game over and turned off. Um, and then it was literally miraculous what happened in the second half. Um, Minnesota were far more like their usual selves. And the Colts just had nothing on offense. It was just complete parallels from the first half. So it's one of them ones where, like you said, Minnesota, you could argue, are one of them ones that can compete with San Francisco and the Eagles as long as they don't put in any more first half performances like they did against the Colts. Because if they do, they would, their teams like San Francisco and the Eagles would not put up zero points in the second half of a game. 
So, I mean, personally, um, Minnesota got out of jail big time and it was more to do with how badly the Colts were in the second half um, than Minnesota being truly amazing. But one person that is truly amazing is Justin Jefferson. Um, what he did, some of the routes he he performed in them was just outrageous. The one on uh, Gilmore um, to get it back, I think it was with, with a one-score game, was outrageous. And considering that he went off and came back on, um, he's just... Personally, for me, he's just untouchable as a wide receiver. I think everyone can, like, says that Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase, maybe with Diggs as well. But I still put Jefferson as the lone number one. He's just, he's just outrageous, and I personally think that he will be the offensive player of the year this year, um, for the MVP honors. So yeah, it should be um. Should be interesting to see how Minnesota do in the playoffs when they start playing. Obviously, now they're NFC, NFC North champs. So we'll just see what they do in the playoffs. But there will be a few teams licking their lips, maybe the four, fifth, six seeds. Uh, sorry, fifth, four, uh, fifth, sixth and seventh that will be looking at Minnesota and thinking, we got a chance if Minnesota don't turn up on one of them half. So it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota are like. But from this game point of view, it was just completely... It was a mad game, to be honest. And like you said, that NFL record, I can't really see that getting broken anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it was really poor from the Colts, obviously. And they haven't been great all season. Obviously, they... I, I mean, is there an argument to say they missed Jonathan Taylor? Or do you think... Because obviously, he's such a good player, but he hasn't been having a great season anyway. Would it have made a difference if he had stayed on the pitch? Hmm... Maybe possibly to some extent, but they were just, I don't know kind of what happened with the offensive play calling. It just went to pot. They they were using a lot of play action in the first bit and then Matt Ryan was getting use out of his tight ends. And then second half, it just just didn't work. Like Minnesota, there was far more pressure on Ryan. And obviously, you know, Ryan's not the most mobile of quarterbacks. Um, And I think that it was just a mixture of them not really coming up with some answers and then when they went to the ground game it just wasn't working like it was working in the first half so I know teams have bad halves and, and bits and pieces but Minnesota just it, it just seemed to be every single play in the second half they they just went for a touchdown and the Colts just couldn't stop them and then the, once the momentum started happening you can you could just see Indy tense up as a team and, and they just let it slip basically yeah, I guess I you say no matter who you're missing, no NFL team should be losing a 33-0 lead. But I no. guess anything is possible when Matt Ryan's a quarterback. <laughs> it's uh, just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, on to the Ravens at the Browns. It was a pretty important divisional game, I guess. I mean, now that the Ravens have lost, the, the Browns aren't necessarily in the race, but that they've done the Bengals a massive favour here, Miles. Um do the Ravens have enough if Lamar is out for another couple of weeks? Is the question of you know will he be 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 back this week? Do they have enough without I, Lamar, or do I they just, not have to I worry about know. that? Do you think? I really don't know because I I just feel like the Browns aren't a, a great team, so that that is a sort of that for me is a winnable game, and they've lost by two scores. I mean the. They've got the Falcons next. They have to beat the Falcons. That is a must-win game because after that, you've got the Steelers and the Bengals, two divisional games, and that's that's really, really that's those are huge those divisional games. And I just think that if Lamar isn't back by the Steelers game, you know that Steelers D are really good. You know they they're really good at stopping the run. I just think that if Lamar isn't back, then their offense is going to be too one-dimensional and they're going to really struggle. I think Lamar versus Joe Burrow, if that game, if it comes down to that, that could go either way. But I think that if Lamar isn't back by the Steelers game, then they're really going to struggle. Um, so, and I remember before the season started, we did all pretty much agree that the difference between the Ravens and the Bengals this season will be Lamar Jackson. And so far that seems true because without him, they don't look great. And they look really, really, really sort of lost for ideas. Um, against the Browns, and I think, yeah, if he's not back by the Pittsburgh game, they're going to be in real trouble. Yeah, the news currently is that Lamar Jackson did miss practice today. Um, 
it's not looking great. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a long week. He can still be back for the Falcons and, you know, even the Steelers after that. But they really, by the looks of it, they really do need him back as soon mm. as possible. Especially against the Browns team, you know, they've just integrated Baltimore in at the starting position. And it's one of those, like, obviously he's been out for a while and, you know, it's a question of, has he just got to shake off some rust and he's going to be back to where he was? I don't know. It's, 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 it also just feels very weird to talk about because obviously it's not like he's just been sitting around yeah. doing nothing for two years. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, just uh, try and talk about the Browns as little as possible, I guess, is the solution to that one. <laughs> On to the, I mean, probably in marquee game of the week. Um, obviously, you know, he had the massive comeback, but this just on paper and the closest of it, Dolphins, Bills, Saturday night football, which was, it, you know, it would have been a nice one if I was able to stay up for it. I couldn't quite um, <laughs> get, keep myself up for this one. Um, Ash, the Dolphins came close here. Decent game from Tua, do you reckon? I've, do you think he's, you know, able to get the Dolphins into that conversation for a genuine playoff push? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously they've dropped because of that loss. They've dropped now to the seventh seed. Um, Buffalo still with that number one seed, but it was it was a very close game up until the fourth. Miami seemed to be obviously Buffalo did well to start. Miami came into it on the third with thirteen points unanswered, and then you were kind of a little bit worried about Buffalo because you you have seen it before where they they just don't see these games out. So them to obviously collect their eleven points in the fourth. Uh, Josh Allen was was a masterclass really as, with his legs and obviously with his arm. Um, it was probably one of, it was probably kind of the comeback Josh Allen game in some respects, because we've obviously the last maybe three weeks, four weeks or so, he ha- he hasn't quite been himself with obviously a couple of losses once the Jets and stuff. So, but this was really, he kind of dragged them to this victory in the, in the fourth quarter did Josh Allen not, um, it was one of the best, better games I've seen from from him in a while. Um, but Miami did look a very, very good team. They established a run really, really early, and then it kind of just tailed off, and they couldn't quite get it back. And that's when Buffalo sort of established himself on the game, really. But it was a real, a real, a good divisional match. Buffalo deserved winners in the end, but Miami can hold their head up high and say we went to Buffalo in the freezing cold and nearly turned them over. So there'd be a strong. No one want to play Miami because on their day they can, they can perform. It's just down to if if two is on song, then they've always got a chance. But it's one of them ones where you always you, you kind of look at two and say sometimes when he's not quite with it, Miami aren't with it. So it and when you get in the playoffs, you just have to be on your day. It can be, it can go either way. So I would still tip Buffalo Chiefs at the moment. Obviously, you're looking at the top two. Miami on their day though they could be anyone so we shall see. Yeah, it's always great when you see it start snowing during the game because you know okay that's good because there's no way they can clear all this off. And yeah, I just love a snow game and just you know great memories of Lashaw McCoy running through the snow that time yeah. in that like uh, just like obviously always in Buffalo because it doesn't seem to happen <laughs> anywhere else in America. Um, but yeah, it's a tr- truly like incredible spectacle just watching them run around in the snow. Uh, even if you get zero passing yards, it's uh, always fun to watch. <laughs> On to the Steelers and the Panthers next. Um, so we've got a Steelers team that have got a couple of wins on the bounce now. They've got Mitch Trubisky and he's playing better than uh, Kenny Pickett was. They've got TJ Watt back. The Ravens have just lost Lamar Jackson. Is this enough for you, Miles, to convince you that there's something in this season still for the Steelers? Um, I am going to say yes, but I doubt anything will come of it. I just think that, you know, defensively, obviously, they're a, they're a very good team, but there's, there's still something they're missing offensively. You know, this is, you know, they... Scored over, they scored over twenty points, but then they, you know, they struggled against the Ravens and they struggled against the Falcons. So it's like they seem a bit inconsistent. They got the Raiders next, who, you know, seem to be B 
beating teams that maybe they shouldn't. And you know, that I so I, I don't I just I don't know. I think they'll beat the Raiders, but you know, can't really guarantee anything in the NFL. Um, but if they can, if the Ravens don't have Lamar back, then I think the Steelers beat them. And then final day, Steelers v Browns. You know, anything can happen there. So if they can put together three wins in a row, then that would put them nine and eight, which is you know. Again, you are asking a lot of the Ravens and other teams in the AFC to kind of mess up. But, you know, there's a chance, there's hope. And, you know, they're not going for a high draft pick to get a new QB, are they? So I feel like, you know, they, they might, they'll have a go at it and see what happens. But I don't, I don't really think that they're going to make it to the playoffs. But, you know, they are coming together a bit more. They, I, I don't really think that. There's much difference between Pickett and Trubisky, if I'm being honest. I think, I mean, Pickett maybe is just a fresh option, you know, better legs maybe, but I really didn't think there was much of a a difference between the two um, when you watch them play. Um, they ran the ball really well. Um, Jalen Warren was pretty solid. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, good D, good running game, that's how you, you know, but then I said that about Patriots, now look at us. So, yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers, but I think they they know their identity and they've got enough faith in themselves that they could string three wins on the bounce together. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I say Trubisky's playing better. He didn't turn the ball over and he, he managed to... <laughs> yeah, he managed to not hurt them enough. So well, he, he scored with his legs, but yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what he needs to do, I guess. As you know... It would be interesting to see um, if it, co- it comes down to the last few minutes between Steelers and Raiders. You know, the Steelers, I guess you could say they have nothing to lose at this point. If they're tying at the end, maybe who knows what they'll try um, against the Raiders next week. So we'll see. You know, you never know, Miles. By this Shut time up. next week, <laughs> we could stop. have completely Just forgotten stop. about you. Stop. 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 Let's, uh, let's, let's move on to the next game. What's the next game? Next game is Eagles-Bears. I'll... I'll take your request. Um, so 25-20, pretty tough game from the Bears here. They definitely pushed, pushed the Eagles more than we thought they would. Um, Ash, was this, I guess, if if you look at any knocks on the Eagles season so far, because you've got the loss to the Commanders, but is, does this knock your confidence in them at all? Um. <clears throat> Not not overly. You always have them games and little drop offs of quarters in where you just think. I mean, the Chiefs. It happened to the Chiefs again this week, where you don't. You just think like not sure why it's not quite clicking. Uh, Eagles obviously had it against Washington that time, and, and they did struggle early part of this game. Maybe it's complacency in some respects. Um, but one thing I would say is they they didn't get their usual ground game going. So maybe that was maybe one of the keys for. Teams, obviously, you're looking at copycats and trying to stop teams and learning off other teams. Chicago really did do well to stop the run. Um, and with uh, Miles Sanders, I think, put up about just under 50 yards. So them not creating much on the ground probably kept this quite close. And with Justin Fields as well, you've got one of them crazy quarterbacks that can just make any play Um come alive out of nothing which which happened and that there was almost that a magical touchdown where he just stepped out of bounds just before the end which um I think it was in the second quarter but that would have made a real game of it and then obviously he went out Peter and come in for a bit it's kind of stop started their momentum a little bit which um Chicago there and Philly took over through the air um Hertz had a couple which were a couple of run-ins on the ground but that was mainly down to AJ Brown getting grounded on the one yard line um, so anyone with fantasy purposes for AJ Brown must have been kicking themselves because he got grounded on the one in the first half and in the second. So and then Jalen Hurts with that quarterback sneak that they're just really good at. Um, they pushed him over the line. But Philly found a way to win, not their usual way to win, obviously, because they normally they kill you on the ground. But Chicago can take plenty of pluses, even though they're a three team, a three win team this year. You can actually look at them and think. Do you know what? You've got some pieces there which I'd mm. be really happy with to build around and see with their extra picks and bits and pieces that they've got. So Chicago, I think things are looking up for Chicago. And if they can draft well the next year, um, obviously they get Mooney back and maybe get an offensive lineman or so, then maybe you could 
you could see something from Chicago, maybe competing with the Packers and, and the Lions and, and that for the division. So we shall see. But Philadelphia, they'll obviously take this one. Um, cemented themselves really as the one seed, I would have thought. I, I can't really see them dropping the, maybe one game, but I can't really see them dropping two more games out of the three um, to lock up that one seed. So, yeah, I think Philly needed, they did what they needed to do. But Chicago definitely put up a fight in this game. Yeah, it's obviously we know how much Miles loves Justin Fields. Uh, you know they've definitely got mm-hmm. they've definitely got a, something in him. Maybe I mean it'll be at least very interesting to watch him over the next few years. And obviously it'll be interesting to see just how much turnover there is at every other position to see if they can get anything to build around him. It's uh yeah they've got a massive job to do there. But you know at the same time decent effort from them here made it close with the. Eagles and you know you can't fault them for it I guess. And you mentioned the Chiefs almost messing up against the Texans. Um, I mean, this is the thing. Like Texans took the Chiefs to overtime. It's a one-win team against <laughs> one of the Super Bowl favorites. And what's what's going on, Miles? Well, I just think that, that like, I mean, I know every team always denies they're doing it, but the Texans are deliberately tanking because their their team are much better than the record suggests. They just are, like, in terms of not just how they play, but the personnel they have. Like, they are just, they are much better than a one-win team. They're taking good teams, you know, they're taking good teams right to the wire. I just think they they run the ball quite well. You know, they've got some good pieces here and there on both sides of the ball, and yeah, I just, they know what they're doing. Everyone can see what they're doing. And I don't care. I really, I don't care. You know, if you want to tank, tank, you know, waste a year, whatever. Um, it's fine. But they're definitely better than the record they have. Um, I don't think Kansas City played brilliantly, though. So that did obviously help uh, Houston quite a bit. But Kansas City did what all good championship contenders do, as I say every week, is they win when they're not playing well. That's what good teams do. That's what the Eagles managed to do. Um, and that's what Kansas City have managed to do as well. Like, they just managed to churn out a win when there's really not a lot going for you. Vikings did it in a brilliant, more dramatic fashion. But Casey did it as well. And that's yeah, that's how you, that's how you win championships. You just got to grind it out. Obviously, having Jarek McKinnon turn into one of the best running backs ever also does help a little bit. But... Um, yeah, just think that KC just they managed, they managed to grind it out as they do. I mean, it's pretty incredible um, that you know, even when you get to overtime, you look at last year in the playoffs, Chiefs Bills, everyone's going mental because you know they're like, Oh, well, obviously, the Chiefs are going to score straight away, so it's unfair to decide it on a coin toss. And then we come to this year and we get to the Chiefs versus Texans in overtime. And they're still having to, like, they actually need multiple drives to finish yeah. the game off. It's absolute madness. Like, I guess the game, the for whatever reason, the league just this year just seems to be a lot more heavily favoured for the for the defense, and I don't know why that is. Um, but yeah, it seems like a lot more defenses are having success this year. And on to another overtime game. This one ending in an upset that I was very pleased to see. Um, yeah. The Jags managed to get a win over the Cowboys. I'm glad you knew, already knew what it was, Miles. Um, <laughs> of course. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's more evidence that Trevor Lawrence is the guy and he's finally turned it around, Ash. I, I don't know if that's, you know, you're seeing that as well, but it seems to be general consensus at the moment. Trevor Lawrence is finally proven that he is what we thought he was. Yeah, I think that he's he's getting there. He's obviously we were expecting maybe like an Andrew Luck sort of thing where Luck literally took the Colts from that. On I know that obviously Manning was there and then he got hurt and then Manning went, but Colts were still a bad team once you took Manning out of that. And then Luck just took them on a journey straight away. Playoffs, they 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 were golden. I think that. Lawrence is still in that transition where I think last year was just such a wasted year that this year is kind of like a rookie year for him in some respects because last year was just a complete write-off with Urban Meyer there. Um, But they seem to have done 
they were one of them teams in the off season where you look at where they spent their money and you just went, not sure why they spent money on him, not sure where they why they're doing that. But it's to to be fair to him, it's proven very well. Like there's, I think there's only about eight or so um, players that are have had more wide receiver one games than Zay Jones this year. I mean, he put up three touchdowns, 109 yards. It's just crazy to think that. Obviously, they spent the money on Kirk, which obviously raised all the money for the wide receivers. Um, mm. And they've just they've just done a few, uh, uh, some nice business. Obviously, kept Cam Robinson as the left tackle. They went out and spent some money on Jenkins and and a few other guys. They, they've, they've not spent... They've not got any like superstars there, but they've they've invested in solid pros. And I think that Doug Peterson's just getting some really good play out of everybody as well. And to take the Cowboys as they did, um, it looked kind of out of sight. Not maybe not out of sight, but it definitely looked like a hard way back for them in the second half. And then for them to put up them twenty seven points in the second half was just outrageous, really. Because considering this Dallas D has been pretty solid all year. For them to come and turn that around, so it was a it was a great game. It, it was a bit heart racing for me. I was playing against someone that had Zay Jones, uh, Pollard, Engram, and Zeke all in their lineup. So it was a bit uh, <laughs> when it went to overtime. I was just like, this can't get any worse. <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was a great game for the neutral to watch. And um, yeah, you definitely can look at Jacksonville and say, I mean, I know they've got six wins now. Uh, Tennessee got seven, so there is still that possibility where them divisional. I think they still play each other in the divisional game as well, so there is still that possibility that Jacksonville could leapfrog into the playoffs. And and some people did predict that Jacksonville could get there this year, but Dallas obviously snuck in through the back door because Washington didn't win, so they are already in the playoffs now. But it was one of them ones where Dallas will be like, we need to realize see where we've sort of had the mistakes in this game and make sure we don't do that for the rest of the rest of the season because they they kind of had this game by the scruff of the neck and they just completely let it go to Dallas. So they'll need to get definitely go back into the, the film room and think why why that happened. But Jacksonville in with a chance and and their future looks bright, especially with uh, Trevor Lawrence at the helm, yeah. Yeah, and it's currently on track the Cowboys to play the Buccaneers in the wild card round. I to be honest, I don't mind that. I I feel like if the Buccaneers can pull something together, um, they've definitely got a decent chance of knocking the Cowboys out on home turf. And you know, obviously they beat them pretty comfortably first week of the season. Two very different teams now, but um, it, yeah, it'll be a very interesting matchup. Hopefully the Buccaneers can get the job done. I do feel like I do. It does very much feel like Super Bowl Fifty Two for me though that matchup where I was trying to decide with rooting against the Patriots and rooting against the Eagles. And, uh, <laughs> just uh, 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 ending up rooting for the Patriots for once. And then, of course, the Eagles going on. Um, hopefully, the Cowboys can't do the same this year. That's all I'm saying on that matter. So, on to... Um, speaking of the NFC South, um, and it's an all-NFC South matchup next, we've got the Falcons at the Saints. Um 21-18 win, just about scraping by the Saints here, Miles. Um, is this... I mean, this is the thing. Obviously, I don't think any of us are com- particularly convinced by the NFC South teams. But, I mean, both these teams are 5-9. and nine. Do you think either of them have a chance at really upsetting the Buccaneers at, at this point? Um... I mean, yeah, yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> not because they're good, because everyone else just seems to suck. And yes, fair enough. I just, I, I mean, that my first notes on this game were both teams suck because they do, and it was really not that fun to watch. And it was a shame that Ridder couldn't really get it going because I do like him, um, but he only completed half of his passes for ninety-seven yards, so it wasn't really. You know, overly entertaining. Algier ran riot, though, you know, 139 yards, a touchdown. So, you know, they were getting it done on the ground quite a bit, but they still couldn't win. And, yeah, just there, there was no passing game, really. And, yeah, I just think the New Orleans Saints won because they're the less bad team. And that was that was literally it, you know. Um, don't really 
don't really have a lot of faith in the Falcons, but then, you know, they've, they've still managed to win five games and are still technically in a playoff conversation despite being bottom of their division, which is crazy because of how bad everyone else is. So, yes, I do think that both these teams can pose a threat to Tampa Bay simply because the whole division is terrible and is just playing so, so badly. Um, yeah, it's really just kind of a who's the least bad in that division is going to make the playoffs and then probably go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I would say it would be interesting to see either of these teams in the playoffs, but the only interesting thing would be, oh, oh, it's interesting that they've got there, and then as soon as you play the actual game, they're just going to get steamrolled by whoever. <laughs> Assuming it's the Cowboys, absolutely they will be. Um, so yeah, I don't fancy seeing either of them getting there in the end. Um, hopefully the Buccaneers can pull... I mean, maybe just one win from the last three will be enough for the Bucks to uh, get the playoffs. That's what it looks like at the moment. Seven and nine, probably good enough. Um, but yeah, it's a really awful division. One of those rules, I do like the rule that, you know, every division winner gets a home playoff game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> when it's putting out teams like this, I, I, I do still like it in, in terms of having that format. But yeah, it's definitely... You know, one of those. It would be fair to make an exception this year. Absolutely. There's, I mean, and that's the thing. There's been plenty of times in the past where you could have said the same about the NFC East. So I can't, <laughs> I can't exactly, you know, hold, hold it, get on high horse too much. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, really suffering in the NFC itself in terms of quality of play at the moment. <laughs> on to the Jets and the Lions now. Um, I mean, this was. One which uh, is really fascinating, just how well Jared Goff has played these last few weeks. He's he stepped up to another level, and I, I interesting. I was listening to um, five live coverage on my way back from seeing family this weekend, and they referred to him as Jared Goof. Now I've <laughs> never heard that nickname before in my life. I don't know if that's something I've just missed. Or they are generally just making that up. Um, but apparently he used to be called Jared Goof when he was playing poorly. Um, but yeah, yeah I, apparently he's, you know, back to Jared Goff now was um, the analysis on that. Um, but basically, yeah, he's he's playing really well. The Lions seem to be almost playing up to his level. Like he's generally been, you know, if you look at estimated points added which I you know try not to go too much into the stats but uh you know he's one of the top five quarterbacks this season and uh it's truly incredible to watch Ash I don't know if you're um making much of his play or is is it is it an aspect of he's part of a good team like he was on the Rams or is he actually being a difference maker for the Lions um, I think a bit of both in some respects. I think that he is playing well at the moment. You can't really argue with that, how that he is probably playing the best football of his career, even though he got to the Super Bowl with the Rams. He's he, the, how he is playing now. He is taking the team on his shoulders sometimes and carrying them through games. And I think they've picked up a few wins because Goss been worked good, um, not just because he was on a great Rams team that was just steamrolling everybody. Um but I think Detroit at the moment, they're, they're, they're kind of the confidence momentum team that nobody wants to play. And I'm still scratching my head to think, are they that good? Because I, to go to only win one game of your first eight and then come on this six game winning streak now is pretty crazy to me. So are they, it kind of reminds me of, Chargers did it one year where they they lost their first four and I think they only picked two wins up in their first nine and then they went on like a six seven game stretch and we managed to sneak in the back door of the playoffs and at the moment you could argue that Detroit might do that they play Carolina this week I think um, which should be one of them ones where that might eliminate Carolina from the from the playoff picture but that obviously Carolina still got something to play for because Tampa is so bad. So <laughs> it's not like they're going to go now to Carolina and think, oh, we we might win this game quite easily because Carolina aren't a bad team. Um, I know Donald isn't the greatest, but their defence is pretty good. But 
they're kind of in some ways similar to the New York Jets that they played this week. So the game plan, I would have thought, would be very similar going into that game um, against Carolina. But yeah, Detroit at the moment, they just seem to be everyone's favourite team, don't they? Everyone sort of loves them. Like Everyone wants hard knocks and they've, they've got they've got some good players, obviously, uh, with Amara St. Brown is the new everyone darling in fantasy football and stuff like that. But the Jets kind of, if I'm honest, I don't, the Jets probably could have won that game if they had Mike White, which is a bit gross to think that, to be honest. <laughs> Zach Wilson is just not, he's just not it, is he? Let's face it. It just seems to be two steps forward, Mike White, one step back with Zach Wilson and the Jets at the moment. So I can't see that that lasting very much longer. He doesn't seem to have the the confidence in the locker room. He doesn't seem to be a people person in some respects, Zach Wilson. So I think that it could be um, one of them ones where the Jets could look at the quarterback change in the summer because obviously head coaches they're not going to stick around with a bad quarterback that's going to cost them their job so be interesting to see what they do the Jets are quarterback in the summer but yeah Detroit could be one of them ones that that sneak in the back door and at the moment I think the trajectory is pointing down for the Jets um I just think it might be a bit hard for them to make the playoffs if if they keep dishing up sort of performances like this over the last couple of weeks well, that's the thing is, you know, you've now got three AFC East teams all right there for the seventh seed. The Dolphins on eight and six, Patriots on, and Jets on seven and seven. And obviously yeah. the Chargers, big winner for them. We'll get onto them later. Now moving up to eight and six. It's really close to that AFC side. And then for the NFC, the Lions, of course, are also right in that mix. Just half a game behind the Commanders. And if you just look at that Commander schedule, they go 49ers, Browns, Cowboys for their last three games. Now, yeah. Browns, you'd say, is winnable. But those are two really tough games when you've yeah. got both the Seahawks and the Lions right behind you, just half a game back. And it'd be really interesting to see if the Lions, you know, if the Lions keep up this form, they'd, they'd definitely t- take that seven seed off them and, you know, force their way into the playoffs mm-hmm. against whoever ends up being the two seed. I guess it'll probably be the Vikings. That'll be an interesting NFC all MC all North matchup, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great team, fun to watch, and obviously we love a Dan Campbell interview. So want to see them play as many games as possible. And on to the, I mean, this is pretty much the absolute dregs of the week. I'm afraid. Um, I did try watching this game. I was quite fortunate. There were other games on at the same time. Cardinals Broncos. Um, I mean, this is the thing. Ash, I don't know if you managed to catch much of this. Um, I, I, to be honest, I'd consider yourself lucky if you didn't. Colt McCoy <laughs> versus Brett Ripien um, was not the highlight reel that you might have been expecting. And if you were <laughs> expecting it, then I, I, I do feel sorry for you. I'm not sure what you've been watching the last <laughs> few years from either of these two. But yeah, I guess Broncos, for the Broncos, it's a win. It's a win without Russell Wilson, so I guess they're happy about that. Um, but yeah, it really was not appealing to the eye, really, was it, Ash? No, it was not appealing to the eye at all. The only <laughs> the only thing good about this game was JJ Watt looked great, and then mm. everyone else just stunk the room out. To be honest, like Denver's D are half decent. To be fair, like Justin Simmons is a good player, and they've got a few players that are on injured reserve now, so that they're, they're kind of not really the same Denver that we saw maybe beginning of the year. Um, Josie George seems to be coming. He's really putting on some performances as well. Maybe the last five or six weeks, he looks like a player that's emerging really well. But they just—it's just such a bad game. Arizona looked just dead in the water. That obviously now Kyle is out for the season. They just look like they're just playing the season out. I don't even think they're going to win another game. To be fair, they—they play. I think they play Tampa this week. So. If Tampa can't beat Arizona, then they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. I think you should just write Tampa off. Just scratch them out. You're not going to the playoffs now. You can't even beat Arizona. They've got like Tracy McSorley at quarterback. So I would say that Arizona now are one of them ones where you could even argue they might even have a top three pick because there might be, you could even say that Chicago could pick up one more win for the end of the season. That would put um, Arizona within that sort of top three pick. So Ugly scenes at the moment in Arizona. Don't really know what's going on with them. Um, even before Murray, they just look a team with no real identity. So 
some changes for them this summer summer for sure and Denver they need they need Russell the old Russell Wilson not the new one that's just cooking up nothing at the moment so we shall see for them but yeah one of them games where you just there's not really much to talk about really it was just one of them ones that filled the filled the calendar out and the wins and losses throughout the season yeah real shame for Denver because obviously you know Russell Wilson's first game where he really looked like somewhat of his old self again um, he gets injured out of a concussion, and you know I guess we'll have to wait until next season to see how much of that returns, and you know if this Broncos team can move forward and actually contend for at least the playoffs, if not you know more than that, because that's kind of what we were expecting from this defense is really good. There's a lot of great pieces on the offense. If Russell Wilson can get into form, they are absolutely potentially a con- real contender for the Super Bowl, but it's just, uh, yeah, they've just, it, it's basically just him they've got to get going. He's been so bad, like, it's, it, I know it, it seems like very simple to pin it all on one player, but he has just been that bad, and everyone <laughs> around him is good enough, like, that. You, like, you, you can just flick a switch, and if he goes back to the old Russell Wilson, they do automatically become contenders. It's such a massive pivotal position and obviously when you have a player who's been that good to see him play that badly is uh, really devastating for the coach I can only imagine especially when you're a first gear guy who doesn't know how to manage a game that uh, must be even more difficult (laughs) on to the game we've all been waiting for um, Raiders and the Patriots 30-24 win for the Raiders Um, I mean, it was pretty close this one, wasn't it, Miles? Uh, I, 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 I mean, I tuned out for the last minute or so, but uh, I when I last looked, it was 20, 20, 24-24. thought it was going to overtime. Uh, maybe you could talk us through what happened? Don't really want to. <laughs> well, just, given this is a like audio just, medium, uh, please, please do. Uh, but. <clears throat> Right, so we did a lot wrong in that game, and I'm not saying we deserve to win it, but to lose it in the way we did was just, I was so annoyed. Like, that touchdown on review to tie the game shouldn't have been a touchdown, right? It shouldn't, because his foot was out of bounds. So there's that. And then and then the thing that, that happened afterwards, don't want to talk about that. There's really no need. So... The the whole ending to the game was just disgraceful. It was disgraceful from the officials, and then it was disgraceful from a player that should really be cut by now. So you know, um, I've decided not to name number sixteen anymore. That's just <laughs> it, they just go by number sixteen because that's you lose naming rights after that. Um, <laughs> don't really know what anyone was doing really on that thing that happened, but again, don't really want to talk about it. I just think that the whole game it j- just felt really like we were too scared to kind of really, you know, I don't know, just Mac Jones threw for 112 yards. Like there was nothing. He had nothing going less than 50% passes completed. We ran the ball really well with Stevenson and Pierre strong to be fair and Harris, but it was just, it was, I mean, I, I just, I'm so sick of Matt Patricia. I'm so sick of him. I hate him. He just nothing works. Nothing running the ball. I don't think you need a great offensive coordinator for that. You need a good run. You need a good O line for that. That's what you need. You need a good O line. You need a decent running back, right? Mac Jones is okay. Not the most gifted athlete. He hasn't got the biggest arm, but he's not as terrible as we're making him look with some of this play calling. I feel like every single play we call is a screen. Every single play we've passing play is a screen that gets blown up behind the lines. That's what it feels like. And it's just like, he can't, Mac Jones himself has a very low ceiling because he can't seem to throw more than 20 yards downfield. And it's like, what's the point? You know, why do we even have wide receivers when every, every pass is a check down? So yeah, just not, not really overly impressed with the performance anyway. And I don't think we did deserve to win that, but the way that game ended was just a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. And I just, I mean, I didn't have much hope for playoffs this season, but we kind of managed to lock our way to a couple of wins and then beat some teams we didn't really mean to beat. And this should have been a, this should have been easy because our defense is, is pretty solid and somehow we let up 30 points. 
and yeah, it's just been a complete. It was a complete and utter mess, and now I just I've actually feel like I should just give up watching the Patriots this year, so I don't get any more annoyed because it's just it's not good for my health. It can't be, and I feel like the blood sacrifice we paid for all those Brady years is now really, really coming. Like it's really getting called in. Honestly, some of the nonsense we have seen the past couple of years is just a disgrace. But yeah. that's that is that's what a blood sacrifice is, and I think. All of Boston sports are, are, are paying that price now, and but we're getting the worst of it in the NFL, and it's just, yeah. I'm done I talking mean, about it. I'm done talking. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. Next game, please. Uh, I mean, to be fair, so, uh, okay, I'm actually going to somewhat defend Jacoby Myers here. Um, so he, I, I think what's happened here is that he's had the ball pitched to him, and then he's gone into the mindset of, Okay, we need to keep pitching the ball because there's, you know, we just have to score. I think that's what's happened in his head, and so he's just gone for it across the field. Obviously, it doesn't work out. Um, Mac Jones gets stiff armed, and then it's you know Raiders touchdown game over. And that I imagine part of what makes it so heartbreaking for you, Miles, of course, is that the idea that a tie wouldn't have been that bad, right? You stay ahead of the Jets, you're still right there just half game behind both the Dolphins and the Chargers. I mean, you know, if you'd, if you'd gone to overtime and just knelt for 10 minutes, then, you know, I don't think you could, would have been too displeased with that result. Jacoby Myers played quarterback at high school and he couldn't throw it over one player. Like, I just... It... <laughs> It doesn't matter what what could have happened with a tie. It, it's just the whole thing was just... I've just named him as well. So that, that, that didn't last long. But yeah, just the whole... <laughs> I, oh, my goodness. It's just... A tie, yeah, I would have probably been okay. With, I probably would have settled with a tie because I thought it was terrible. And the way that the momentum swung after that, after that touchdown was... Yeah. But, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was... Nah. Stop talking about it. Stop it. Stop. All right, okay. next game. All Thanks, right, we'll game. move on to Ash's team, of course, the Chargers. Ooh, Big ooh. win. Um, obviously, Ryan Tannehill gets injured on the first drive. Malik Willis from Auburn, as described by Five Live um, on the <laughs> radio this week. Um, I that's another. I I I don't want to keep going on about it, but I was forced to listen to it, so I will bring it up just a couple of times. I'm done with it now. But yeah, I, I couldn't get over that they listed him as from Auburn originally um, when he first came into the game. Um, you know, backup quarterback, he might come into the game, you'd think he might do a little bit of research on who he is. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, Ash, I'll pass over to you because I'm sure this was, uh, yeah, even though Justin Herbert, 313 yards, but the two touch, the two interceptions, sorry. Um, it must have been a very mixed game from him. And I guess the team as a whole. Um, yeah, it, he it looks a lot worse on paper than you do actually if you watch the film. If you watch the film back, I don't know if anyone saw the interception. Um, the first one was just the most outrageous play from McCourty. It was McCreary, sorry. It was just to have that train of thought in that position. So anyone obviously who's listening that didn't see it. Herbert threw one to the end zone um, for, I think, Keenan Allen was there. Um, McCreary went up, knew he wasn't going to stay in bounds, threw it back into the end zone, and another player caught it, which was just incredible defensive play, to be fair. Like, um, when I watched it, I was like, that only can ever happen to the Chargers, that sort of uh, amazing defensive display for that uh, incredible minute. Um, and then this, this sort of, like, if you actually watched Herbert play in the game, there was a lot of clutch moments, like big third downs, big throws. The fourth, um, fourth quarter drive where he took us down the field, got us um, within kicking range. The throw to Mike Williams was just outrageous. So it looks it looks a lot worse on paper when actually, if you watch the film, it, it wasn't that bad. Obviously, there was no touchdowns through the air, but he still put up 300 yards and, and then 28 completions. And, and Keenan Allen was dialing as well. He was, he looked a lot more like himself and obviously I've been Mike for the, for the last play. He's one of them. I would say he's probably in the top three of going up and getting the ball. Um, Them sort of like where you can just put it up. And if you saw the last play, he actually pointed up to 
Justin Herbert as Herbert was scrambling to say, throw up to me, I'm going to get it. Um, and he came down with it for uh, Dick of the Kicker to kick it for us to, to win the game. But Tennessee were, Tennessee were like the usual self. Like they're not going to blow you away. But if you can't stop the run game or at least contain it, which the Chargers did, they contained the run game. There was no massive chunk plays. Obviously, Henry still went for 104, but there was none of them. Chargers normally give up like a 50-yard TD and like a 35-yard breakdown. They really had to, they really had to, sort of work for their 100 yards on the ground Titans and, and the Chargers defence played pretty well considering we're missing a few players especially the two key ones in Bosa and James so it was one of them ones where at one point I thought we was going to let it slip especially again in the third quarter I think this is I think all season now especially definitely the first I think it's the first since week three, we haven't scored a third quarter touchdown or third quarter point or something silly. So it's pretty crazy that we seem to be doing all our work in, out of three quarters out of, um, instead of four. But yeah, the Chargers at the moment, they are, they're a team obviously that's still trying to find their identity with their players coming back. And some of the guys are coming back fit now. Hopefully we get Bosa back within a couple of weeks and there's talk that Slater might even be ready for the playoffs. And if that's the case then we might have some of our players back for, for the crunch games in for the playoffs. But we need to try and get these next couple of wins out. And if you see the teams that we're playing against, they sh we should win. It's Indy, it's uh, the Rams, and it's Denver. So if you look at them, you think mm, they should win all them games. But Chargers being the Chargers, you know, they're like, they're, they're going to make real hard work of this. They're always within one score. So... Tennessee, interesting to see where they're going to end the division. They're still probably, for me, them and Jacksonville definitely are the two best teams in that division. But if they can't, they seem, I think they've gone four games now without a win. So if they can't seem to get going, then you could see Jacksonville taking them over. They've got, I think, the Jets this weekend. So it'd be interesting to see if, if they can beat the Jets, then all of a sudden it's game on in that NFC, uh, AFC South. So Chargers still look good, though, because obviously the Dolphins, the Patriots and the Jets are all buying and they've all got them divisional games with obviously the Bills as well which is it's a tough division so if they all seem to play each other then someone's going to lose so uh, they might even sneak in the back door as a sixth seed where at one point we didn't even look like we're going to be the seventh so yeah it'd be interesting to see how they do the last the last three games but Tennessee and LA I'm hoping I think and I believe that both teams will still make the playoffs. Yeah I mean there's certainly be going to be an interesting team with Chargers I would like to see them get into the playoffs um, obviously, you don't see many quarterbacks putting up 300 yard, zero touchdown, two interception uh, stat lines. So, I mean, purely on that basis, you know, just to see that every week, that would be really <laughs> interesting. Um, moving on to the aforementioned NFC South, which is so, so poor, but someone has to win it. At the moment, it's looking like it's going to be the Bucks. However, they did just lose to the Bengals 34 23. Miles, I mean, we mentioned earlier how bad the other teams in the FC South are. How bad are the Buccaneers? Are they? Are they? Is it negligible, or are you? Do you think there is a definite gap between the Buccaneers and the rest? I just think that, I mean, the 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 with the Bengals game, they were ahead by a couple of scores, and then they kind of just let it slip, and they made so many mistakes, you know. Brady threw a couple of picks, you know, it was, it just, it just felt like there was just a lot that they could like, literally you two or three plays kind of just can change the whole course of a game. And unfortunately for Tampa Bay, that's what happened. And I just feel like they are the best team in that division. And I do think they are better than six and eight, not by a lot, you know, if they were eight and six, I say maybe that's generous, but it's just, yeah. And then, you know, Cincinnati were just clean, you know, they were they were clean. Joe Burrow, four touchdowns, one pick. You know, only through two hundred yards, but you know he you know, managed to get the touchdowns and you know his receivers made plays, and that's really that was the difference. Is that since he made less mistakes, one by two scores, and I just think that if Tampa Bay had mopped up the mistakes in that game, and you know there've been injury problems and stuff, there's just been a few things that are really disruptive, but. You know, you've got Brady back there. So if you can just scrape and drag yourself to the playoffs, then obviously you're, you're a few games away from winning it all. So 
I don't think they will win it all, but I just think that they are better than their records suggest. But there's just they just it, I feel like they've obviously I mean they've obviously gone backwards since the Super Bowl winning season, but as a team they kept a lot of the same players, but just feels like their their head's not as in it. I don't know, they're just too many mental errors that are just really derailing them and if they get those sorted out before the playoffs then they're probably going to be okay but a team like Cincinnati with a QB like Joe Burrow who's very very efficient with the ball very safe I just yeah they're not going to slip up as much as you do and they paid the price yeah it was obviously a lot of mistakes from the Bucks in this game see one of those being the muffed punt uh, muffed yeah. fake punt from Giovanni Bernard um, I would have liked to have known what happened to that. Maybe it was a miscommunication. Maybe the he said it was that... his fault. Well, but I, I don't think to... he knew. I don't think he knew it was a fake because he wasn't even lined up. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think the ball wasn't snapped. Like, I don't know. It just, it just, the ball, the snap looked weird, and he didn't seem like he knew what was going on. And I just think that there was, yeah, as you said, a miscommunication. But I, I actually don't believe he knew that that was the play. Yeah. Um, which is just, yeah, I don't think he, you know, was his his greasy hands were the, were the problem there. I think he just had absolutely no idea, which is obviously his fault because he should know the play, but maybe someone didn't tell him or whatever. But yeah, weird, bad time to make a huge mistake against your former team. But there we are. Yeah, I think I think the reporters in the locker room really should have asked about it one more time. Maybe they would have got it. <laughs> yeah, he looked really pleased about it. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous stuff. Um, on to the game of the week. Absolutely no competition on this Sunday night football. How could it not be? Um, Giants beat the Commanders here, twenty to twelve. I mean, massive game. This was for me the biggest game the Giants have had. For I mean, since uh, the road playoff game against the Packers in twenty sixteen, this was massive. Um, and they they came through. They won. The offense wasn't great, the, just the one offensive touchdown. But Saquon Barkley, you know, he came up with some really big runs when he needed to. Daniel Jones, it's a tough one. He, I guess he played okay. He he didn't play terribly. He threw um, 160 yards. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he didn't necessarily need to. We were leading for the full game. Um, like he didn't need to throw much more than that. The defense did play well. Kayvon Thibodeau, absolutely his best game of the season. Um, he played incredibly, and you know, obviously there's a couple of big plays. This is the thing, right? So Jones didn't throw a single ball more than 15 yards down the field. I mean, that kind of tells you how the Giants were playing throughout this. Maybe game. it's just everyone with the surname Jones at quarterback can't throw it more than 20 yards down. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the Jones Wait, thing. The, 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 I mean, speak, speak for yourself, Miles. Um, <laughs> my quarterback actually has a decent arm. He just didn't need to use it in this game. So... Yes, I know. <laughs> he also has a grown-up offensive coordinator, which helps. Maybe maybe if your wide receivers also had bigger arms, then you wouldn't have lost this week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so good game from Richie James as well. I mean, just you know, I, I like even though he's, you know four catches, forty two yards, it's not an amazing game, but it feels significant based on where he was a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, that Seahawks game was atrocious from him. Um, just to build up that confidence. Graham Gano had a great game. Obviously, massive wind in Washington on Sunday. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of you could tell that with a lot of the coaching decisions. You know, a lot of times the both coaches were opting to punt as opposed to go for about a fifty-yard field goal. Uh, but Gano was still able to make them, and you know, it, he had a great game, and he was probably as much of the reason why we won as much as anyone else. And yeah, massive win for the Giants, putting them in prime position for that. Uh, Six seed at the moment. I that's the like. It's nice, very nice to have that buffer of Washington below us, and then it's Seattle and Detroit behind Washington, yeah. chasing them for that seven seed. But yeah, the the, the Giants feel like it, it does feel like we're relatively safe now. Touch wood, um, in terms of making the playoffs. But yeah, it it it's just nice to see us here for the first time in six years, and. uh yeah, great win. 
great performance by a few players. Others, not so much, but they, I guess they didn't have to. So I, I, I'm very happy with that result and, you know, looking relatively optimistic moving forward, especially after, you know, the four winless weeks. That's uh, yeah. it's, been, it's been a rough few weeks, at least. Yeah. On to Monday Night Football, our first Monday Night Football review of the season. As we <laughs> on a Tuesday, um, Rams got relatively handily beaten by the Packers. Um, Ash, did you manage to catch much of this? I caught little drips and drabs, to be honest. This most of my fantasy uh, aspects were ended already or are already through, so I didn't have much riding on this game. So there wasn't really much need to watch a poor Rams team and a underwhelming Green Bay Packers team. Um, Rogers looked okay. The 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 Green Bay Packers seem to have found more of an identity running the ball now this year than they've ever done under with Rodgers at QB. Like they've always had half decent running backs. Like obviously they had Eddie Lacey and bits and pieces, but this, this two way tandem of, of Dylan and Jones really have sort of given the Packers this running mentality now more so, and aren't as reliant on Rodgers. Obviously they've been reliant on Rodgers for, 15 years or so wherever it's been now so it's um if this green bay packers team would be able to play this way through most of the season then they would still kind of be in the playoff hunt they still are if you technically look at it and it will say in the hunt green bay but kind of need a lot a few things going for them to get in i mean Washington would need to lose all three seattle would kind of need to lose all three and the lions would need to kind of lose all three as well I would have thought so. I just just don't really see it happening. Um, but the Rams, obviously, they've got Baker there. They're the first team um, I saw today. The first team that won the Super Bowl not to make the playoffs the following year since the two thousand and six Broncos. So that's pretty crazy to think that. So um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, pretty crazy sort of uh, Monday night game. Really, not if you looked at it, sort of like back when the season began, you'd be like, oh, Rams-Packers, that'd be a great game for uh, week 16. And then obviously it ended up being <laughs> absolutely not really riding that much onto it and no no real interest. But um, you do get them. We've had a, we've had a few a few of them uh, Thursday night shockers recently. So it's, it's uh, a Monday night one doesn't really... Uh, doesn't really matter too much in this in this port call. So, yeah, the I would have thought Green Bay they've got a slim chance of making it, but if I'm honest, they they blew them chances when I think their momentum got completely killed when they come over here and lost to you guys. So I think that from that point they haven't really looked the same, the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, one of them ones on Monday where not a lot of people I would have thought were rock were had much riding on this game to be honest. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that can really get the Packers in the playoffs at this point is if they move to Alabama or something and suddenly they're in the, the NFC South. Um, that's the only realistic chance they've got of making the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I I guess, you know, if they win all of their last three games, nine and eight, maybe that's enough. Um, I don't know. You'd think at least one of Washington, Seattle or Detroit would manage to do better than that. But I guess yeah. you never know. And if they do manage to get on a run, then they're not a team you particularly want to be facing. If you are the two seed and you see the Packers as the seven seed, it's not necessarily a game you're relishing. You're just, you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. But obviously a dangerous team. If they get going, who knows what could happen. Well, that's just about everything from us this week. Thank you very much for listening. Ash, any parting words for us? Uh, bolt up this week we've actually managed to beat a team that we were expecting to beat and we didn't lose for a change we didn't choke which was uh, which was good hopefully Monday Night Football we play Indy this week no Jonathan Taylor so fingers crossed we actually win another game that we are expected to win and not <laughs> like we normally do and make hard work of it brilliant and Miles any parting words from yourself um, uh, I mean, I said I got everything off my chest that I needed to. Um, I think that anyone who is a bit of a better should never ever bet on the Patriots ever again, especially not when 
we're hosting Joe Burrow at the weekend. Um, yeah, we will ruin your Christmas if you expect us to beat Cincinnati. So, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to have his way with us, and we've just got to find a way of being okay with that because we are so we are so so bad. Um, yeah, but go Pats. Love you to bits, guys, but you suck. And for myself, um, I would just like to apologise to the guys at Five Live. I don't, I, I don't mean any harm. <laughs> um, it's just you know, I it, it is hard not to feel bitter when you see someone with your dream job doing, you know, less I mean, doing it badly. Sake, you're allowed to say they suck. I say it all the time. It's okay to tell people they suck at stuff. Yeah, I know. I do. I do. I do feel bad, but at the same time, it's you know. You can't you can't list Malik Willis from Liberty. Jared Groove is a name I've never heard of before. And also they would talk about Malik Willis as if like in relative to Brock Purdy, as if Malik Willis hadn't already played in the season and they couldn't have just watched him play earlier in the season and judged what he is based on that. I there's very very confusing analysis from a guy like and it's one of those things there was some stuff they knew what they were talking about. It's just very hard to judge how much they actually watch, and I like. And to be honest, I and it's not necessarily what something I want to really be thinking about as I'm trying to take in what they're saying about the actual game. But um, yeah, just you know, chin up, lads, um, and you know, just keep working hard, and I'm sure you'll get better. Um, <laughs> I, I I try to do the same myself. I, I I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you know, come on, lads, you're getting paid for that shit. Um, <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you in a bit.